20 years ago just to think that you could just log in make an account upload a manuscript and you know 10 hours later your book is published that was unheard of i've wrote all my books on the phone and people are just Seriously. like what yeah <laughs> obviously there's a lot more to it you know but that that's kind of like what i wrote about that you know can you just keep trying keep trying keep trying and you know eventually something will happen Well, hello, Alex. Bye. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. It's a pleasure having you on the show. I'm very thankful that you accepted the invitation. Thank you so much. Yes, it's very, very exciting to do this. And I'm, I'm very thankful to you for inviting me. On your Medium profile, I have read that you have written 20 novels. That's an impressive amount of books. Where do you, where do you find all the inspiration? Where is it coming from? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, uh, I think a short answer will be, you know, just, uh, inspiration is from God and just, uh, the talent given to me and I'm just trying my best to explore it since childhood. Um, when I was little, I was already writing down like little stories on paper and just walking around the room in front of my parents, my mom just telling her the story. And I used to tell her all the time that I would, you know, like to be writing books in the future or movies, movie scripts. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, that's the beginning, but it, you know, and we'll get into that more later about like the base, I'm sure. But yeah, that would be, that would be, you know, the main answer is just the short answer would be from God and just him being gracious, giving me the talent. But if we also get into some details, kind of like additional, smaller details is, I think, sometimes I can be walking in the forest on a trail and just thinking about various things, life questions, and suddenly, oh, what if, you know, I wrote about this story and, uh, I, I, I'll, I'd come home, write down a few sentences and then I'll come up with a few characters and I'll usually just start writing and see where it goes. And I've, I've written, uh, maybe five other books that I've just got rid of that I just didn't like them. Right. So, so it's, it's just, it's been just the ideas that are always coming. And I just, um, since I started the blog, a lot of these little ideas have just been turning into blog posts instead of books, but I'm still writing books as well. So which of the mediums, uh, writing articles or writing, uh, novels brings you more satisfaction, uh, or in or are they absolutely different and they cannot even be compared? Yeah, I, I think for some people it's similar from like what I've read on Medium. I, I read a lot of other authors, writers, what they think. And I see for some people it is very similar. Uh, for me, it's I think it's very different. And uh, sometimes if I, like for example, my last book, 20th book I wrote, I had to do less work on the blog yep. and more work with the book 
so uh, my mind wouldn't be distracted. And it's I feel like it's the style is a little bit different for me. Also on uh, on the blog, I'm writing more about per, kind of more personal. Person, more, it's yeah. more personal. I'm sharing my views about God and psychology, my beliefs. Um, on certain uh, subjects, or I'm just, you know, trying to write uh, a guide for people how they can grow with a blog too. But with uh, fictional novels, is I try to uh, create a character that may be very different from myself. And it's inevitable that there's going to be a little part of my personality in the characters that I create, but I try to make them different from myself and then see uh, their world from their perspective. So it's not, it wouldn't be as much of me in my fictional no in my fiction novels as it would be on the blog. And there are, there are a few, few novels that I wrote where I allowed myself to kind of inject the main character in the book with my personality more than others, but it's been rare. There's only a few maybe where I went that way, but especially if you write a villain, some of my books, uh, the more villainous person is one of the main characters and I have to really, you know, try to, it can be even draining, you know, putting yourself in that perspective and <laughs> thinking that way. So yeah, that that would be my answer. All right. So in a way, if the the people would like to learn more about the author and about his imagination, they should head to to Medium and read a little bit of your articles to see who's uh, on the other side of the book. But uh, if they want to get into the characters, uh, the deep stories, the uh, long conversations, and the prolonged actions, they definitely should check out. The books and I have read that uh, some of the books fall in very different categories uh, ranging from let's say cyberpunk to romance and horror um, I wonder which of these genres are the most exciting for you and uh, <laughs> which of the genres is uh, the most uh, difficult to write mm. well that's good that's a good questions um yeah, it's one of my big goals have been to write in different genres. And uh, um, there's few I haven't covered, and I, I don't know if I will, and that would answer, you know, what would be the hardest, I think. Well, yeah. So I'll start with the hardest. The hardest would be humor, for sure. Okay. I mean, it, um, I've, I've written a few humorous things, like on my blog, but they're short, but... Um, it's hard to imagine me writing a whole book that is a, you know, humor kind of based book. I, uh, maybe in the future I can, <laughs> but yeah. right now I can't even imagine it. So that would be the hardest. I, I have some humorous moments in my novels and the readers do tell me, Hey, that part was really funny, but it's maybe one or two just moments in the whole book. <clears throat> so I think writing humor is the hardest second hardest would probably be a romance okay. and my <clears throat> my very first book <clears throat> excuse me my very first book had a 
a lot of elements of romance, but more. It was more of like a dystopian book, rather. But that my very first book had the most elements of romance out of all of them, and that would be kind of the second hardest for me to write, I think. Um, and not, I wouldn't say it's hard to write romance for me. It's just I don't, I'm not as interested Boom. in uh, not as open. I guess maybe I feel it's a little uh, too cheesy uh, unless I make it tragic. <laughs> so there's that dystopian part coming in. Yeah, right. Yep. So uh, my favorite, my favorite is. It's definitely not everybody's favorite. Is uh, I, I enjoy writing uh, horror the most, which is the weirdest thing for my audience on the blog, because mm-hmm. I, I I post the horror. I used to have I wrote several collections of horror short stories, which I published, and once a week on the blog, I just post one of those those collections, and it's really weird for some of my readers because they're you know, reading about you know prayer and how to deal with anxiety and you know how to treat others with respect and then they have like a crazy horror story on a Tuesday or Wednesday so they're you know it was interesting reaction of some some people because even you know I had a reader if they thought it would be like an, another inspirational piece when they came, Rory called, man, I, you know, I didn't know you write this kind of thing too. It just creeped me out. <laughs> so, so it's kind of funny. I really enjoy, uh, yeah, my, um, uh, my most successful book is a horror book, Paradise Harbor. So I think that really also, um, maybe swung me more into that direction as well. Kind of seeing the success of that book and just being very satisfied with it. So, Paradise Harbor, which of the books was it? Uh, it's, it's definitely not your first one. Is it like the fifth or the seventh? Do you remember the number? Seventh, yes. Uh, seventh yeah. or eighth. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah. Around, around there. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's the book that, uh, is the book that also resonated the most with uh, your audience, uh, as I understand. Yeah, it's you. kind of like uh, it brought a big moment of satisfaction as far as my writing, writing career, because um, the first book was with a publisher, but that publisher went out of business. They got in trouble right. and stuff like that. And then following that, I self-published books, and I, you know, I, I would submit to different publications to get traditional contracts but it just wasn't happening and yeah, Paradise Harbor was my first book with a good traditional publisher and you know they're growing rapidly and they uh, they gave me contract for a whole trilogy so wow they liked the first one a lot and they asked me you know you, do you plan to do anything more with it and I was like I, I can write a trilogy if you when publishing, they're like, yeah, it's, you know, let's do the trilogy. So at the whole, there's a three books, a trilogy uh, published with them. So, so it was like, kind of like a big moment. And I, I actually wrote on a blog recently about it. Uh, when I, uh, I wrote a little post 
talking about what is the most important factor. If I had to choose one single factor for someone to do well on a blog with, you know, growing audience or whatever, getting more reads. And it was, I, I wrote about not giving up basically. And I had such a long journey, I guess, 20 years of, you know, writing and different disappointments, but just coming back to it and keep trying until I finally got that, you know, traditional kind of publisher contract. So it was, it's a, obviously there's a lot more to it. You know, I can go into that later, but that, that's kind of like what I wrote about that, you know, can just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. And, you know, eventually something will happen. So from your 20 years of experience in being an author, I wonder what is one myth or one stereotype about writers or writing that you would like to break? Because uh, <laughs> stereotypes uh, are connected with every profession. Uh, but uh, most of the time, people imagine a writer like an old man with a beard, smoking a cigar or something like that, and writing in his... Uh, lonely office somewhere in a tower. <laughs> so, right. So, so there, there are different, different kind of images and beliefs connected with authors. So if you could choose one, uh, which of them would you debunk? Hmm. That's a good question. Just, just to choose one. Oh. Mm. I think, uh, I mean, this would be like, kind of like a general. Well, well, one big one I would say is the, the income, the income, you know, uh, a, a lot of the time when someone sees, you know, well, you got a book published, they've watched a lot of movies about writers and you know, they got this whole media kind of thing and they think, oh, you know, he's making a ton of money now. He's got another yeah. book out there with the reviews and, you know, people saying they're reading. So I think that's that's one big one um, because uh, like today to really, really break through, you know, with the, with the books financially, you kind of have to, you know, be getting like a Netflix series or, you know, some director has to pick up your book mm -hmm. and do like a script with it. And there's some good examples of writers who are amazing, amazing writers, but for 20, 30 years, they had to do some other jobs. And suddenly they, you know, got a movie offer and that's when, you know, they got good money for it finally so I think that's that's one big one so a lot of people just have like Stephen King or J.K. Rowling in mind and you know when they think of authors yeah. obviously that's this very very small amount of people who can make uh, you know a larger income with it so I think that's that's one one of the like ones that I've found um, and that uh, I don't know if it's for every author, but with me, like people often just assume, assumed for a while, you know, it was like, oh, you know, he's 
but I must be making a lot because there's all these, you know, reviews on there and you know, yeah. he's got a bunch of books, you know, so that's it's one interesting aspect of it. So is it enough uh, at the moment for you to make a living just from writing? Or also, is it necessary to have a side job? Because as you have previously said, uh, I guess like 95% people in medium. Uh, maybe I'm overestimating, but that's my general idea. Are doing it as a side project or a hobby or a, a passion up there. And uh, it doesn't seem like many writers nowadays can actually live fully off writing. So I wonder, is this uh, a position that you are in at the moment, or is it a position that you're moving towards still? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely moving towards being fully uh, just independent on the writing uh, income. I still do a little bit of part-time work, but it's right now it's I'm doing okay as far as the writing as well. But it is it is. Uh, a big topic for sure for many many writers and i'm sure you've seen like you said many posts on medium of people just worrying um if they can do it and as i just since we talked about that myth it is it is important to know for someone when they're getting into it that you know if they have just such huge expectations what where i've seen it i've seen it even if some people that I've I've helped start blogs and helped them with um, just uh, publishing their first books, they just had such big unrealistic expectations. Like I'm gonna start writing, and then I got this really great income right after. It's, yeah. it's that's very very rare. You have to just keep going, keep going, keep going, uh, staying consistent and. Um, that it happened with me in my first book where I, you know, I wrote the book, publisher, got it out. And I just had such big expectations. I was like waiting for a phone call from some director, you know, and <laughs> it's, it's just never had, never happened with that book. And, uh, for a year I didn't write, I was so disappointed, but I just got myself back together. Two years later, my second book was published and. A year later, a third book was published. So it's just kind of, so I, I would suggest lowering expectations, not in a negative way, but just knowing what you're getting into realistically. So you do your best, you do your best, very, very best, but lower your expectations. That way you can avoid the disappointment. So I mean. <laughs> It's but but definitely do your best. Give it give it all you got. So I'm not saying you know here or there. You know just go you know work hard. But I do suggest just not you know imagine too too many things. And it's it's always good to have good visualizations for the future and see yourself with good publishers and having movies done. But don't you know expect that right away and there i believe that god has a plan you know a path for every person and when the time is right if you are consistent you will get something that you need from it and uh let's see that you could travel back in time 
to the early beginnings when you just began writing, let's say 20 years ago, would you give some kind of a hint for the person that you were? Something, uh, some kind of an advice or just uh, a phrase that he tried to hang on to during his journey? Well, what would that be? As a joke, I would just say, keep the Bitcoins. But, <laughs> but, but no, but it, in reality, I, uh, no, I don't think I would say anything. I mean, I, I just, uh, I just have a lovely family. So I think the smallest thing, you know, the, any small change in your life could affect things in a very big way. So I'm just glad how things have gone for me, I think. Just, uh, just the way it is, you know. I think everything was meant to go the way it's going. So uh, we'll see where it keeps going. It's, uh, it's always interesting to see what's coming up. <laughs> well, well, that's a very big strength for you as a writer because uh, it's not just interesting to see what kind of stories will come out from your imagination. Uh, it's also interesting the whole life looks like a story that has not been written by you, but you're the character living it out without knowing the upcoming plot twists. So, <laughs> so, so that's the, like the perfect storm. <laughs> and, yeah. And how did you end up uh, writing a video? Because I understand that you first started uh, with novels uh, many years ago. And uh, when did you decide to start having a blog? It was actually last summer. Um, but before that I had, a uh, a Wix, you know, Wix, this website, it was just kind of a little blog where I would post here and there, nothing very consistent. And I had, I had some subscribers there, but it wasn't anything big, but it was my, uh, sister and her two friends actually, who last summer suggested medium to me. And it's, uh, yeah, and it's even so surprising to me that I didn't know about this platform before, just writing so long and reading so many things online for so many years. And I mean, I, I, I definitely think they could do a little better with, you know, getting the advertisement about their platform out there because it's just it's so, so surprising for me. I haven't even heard of it until like uh, last last summer it was just yes. I was just amazed and then I saw there's some you know famous journalists on there who write and uh, you know many writers who, who write on there there's like ex-presidents on there yeah that's why I wanted to say I think that uh, the most popular writer on Medium is actually Barack Obama <laughs> yeah if, I am, if, if I'm correct so, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely unexpected and uh, yeah if you haven't decided to become a writer in the first place, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have discovered that platform just by accident because you would have, I, I had to search for it. Honestly, <laughs> I was searching for a platform to write to start my blog on, um, I, I was thinking, is it Wix? Is it Squarespace? Maybe it's Blogger. And then <sighs> somewhere in the background, there was this medium thing that I didn't really understand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I found it and it seems to be amazing. It has like 
its own environment, its own ecosystem. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's crazy that, you know, yeah, it's just, it's just amazing to me that I know before, uh, but now I recommend it to everybody who writes, you know, I, when they ask me like with advice for writing, I just say, um, start on medium and this is going to give you a really good experience. Like when, if they say, I want to write a, you know, collection of stories or especially if they say, I want to write a book about my life, then I say, well, medium is great for that. Cause you write little short stories about your life and see how people respond to that. And you can kind of learn and take some people's advice and Im- improve and that's going to aid you in. So yeah, it's, it's a great platform. Uh, and just, yeah, I wish more writers would know about it. <laughs> yeah. The ecosystem is great. And the feedback that you are able to get from an audience that you didn't even know that exists there is fantastic. And the, the connections that you make, like, uh, if, if not for that platform, uh, I wouldn't have had a talk with you or uh, the people that came before. So, so, so that's great. And, um, does writing on medium take a big part or a big chunk of your writing day or, uh, or is it something, uh, kind of on the, on the side that you do occasionally? It's, it's, yeah, it's definitely a lot of time. Um, uh, which is fine. Uh, that's, that's how, you know, that's, uh, a big effort I'm putting into just keep it going, keep it growing. Let's just try to do really well on there. Um, in two months, I'll be there for one year. <laughs> and I kind of, I want to be at least at 10,000 followers. But that, I think I will be. It's um, at like 8,200, maybe around that right now. So it's just, so yeah, I, it's, an, it's a big investment of time. And I've, I made a goal to just make sure I post every day too. I think since... Um, since October, I posted every day something. And sometimes it's just something small, just to mix it in. If I'm really, really not feeling it, but I'm, I'm, I'm making an effort to read other people's stuff. I, if someone comes to my stories, they, you know, comment or clap on it. I make sure to go back to their page and check out a new thing that they've done. So that just, it just takes up a lot, a lot, a lot of time, just everything combination. And if, if I'm writing a longer, um, and by longer, I mean, it's funny when you can, you spend, uh, uh, well, for me, it's a long time. Like writing an article for me for 40 minutes, that's a long time writing. I know like, if, and it comes out to be a five minute read. Mm-hmm. So, so, but that, that is long for me. I know some, some people spend a, a longer time, maybe hours just constructing like a five, six minute article, which is fine too. And there's some really amazing, amazing articles out there. So, so, so yeah, how, but, much, how much time do you take uh, to edit your article or uh, more, or it's more like first drafts? that can get released because if, if it's a uh, first dress, that's amazing, uh, that you can write that kind of a quality article without that much editing. So, so how, how, how does it go for you? 
I only uh, edit uh, like a spell check. So I'll write it on, I use this note on the phone. It's funny too. I, I wrote all my books on the phone and people are just Seriously? like, what? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so convenient. I can just, you know, be sitting in the chair with like, you know, late at night, just, you know, just write, you know, a few, a few paragraphs and then I'll take a break, you know, drink some mineral water, relax, go again. So, but it's just really funny, but I use the notes program on iPhone. I don't know if you're familiar. Yes. But uh, I'll just, yeah, so I'll, I'll just write my article on there and then I'll just go through it and edit a spelling errors and that's it. I'll just go and pu publish it. Um, but I still miss some spelling errors sometime and sometimes, uh, people point it out to me in the comments. Which is good, which is good. I'm grateful for that. Well, it's, they, it's a good reader. So I know they're reading too, because it's like, it you know, they're they, engaged. Yeah. Yeah. They told me, you know, great post, but you missed this word. It's great. You know, I know they're reading. So that's, that's, I really appreciate it. And I go and correct it. So <laughs> well, I, can't, I cannot even imagine how a process of writing a novel on notes in your iPhone should look like because and all is such a large piece that uh, has to be uh, like uh, fitted together and like paragraphs should be moved and taken out like that's in my imagination you, you are the person that has written 20 books i have written zero <laughs> so i'm just saying what i imagine um but but yeah do you later on take those notes and break down to let's say google docs and you kind of rearrange and uh change places, maybe take something out, add something in. How, how's the, how's the writing process looking for? And maybe it, it would be very good to, to ask you here as well. How does writing a novel look from the first inception of, let's say an idea to like the end product, uh, maybe you can guide the audience, uh, for, 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 for the checklist that you have in mind when you're writing a novel. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can do, uh, I can kind of go through the whole, my personal process. I know, yeah. I know, uh, I'll give, so there are, there are writers who will just, uh, I have an ed ed editor, but they have an editor, but they will go through their, you know, every chapter 30, 40 times, just every sentence and they rewrite this word, take out this word. And I know some writers are that really, really great writers, but, uh, for me, that would just be too, too tough, but that is a way also. So, well, so as, uh, I discussed previously, when I get an idea and it can be, I can be listening to a song or going on the run in the nature or sitting by a lake and, or it's just a conversation with someone and some sentence just, you know, really strikes me. And suddenly I get like this whole like little mini plot in my head just from that one thing. So I'll go home to the notes. And the first thing I'll do is just write down like the main idea. Um, and then from that point on, I 
come up with the first few characters. So I'll yeah. write in the note, I'll title it, you know, characters. And I'll just have like, let's say a very simple one that I had recently, Tricunius. That's the, it's this uh, kind of cyberpunk, sci-fi, futuristic book. It's my last book where humanity is on the brink of extinction. And there's this, not exactly a black hole, and they're sure what it is on a, like a edge of the solar system and they send the space station there that the ship with its own gravitational pull and just the communications end after six months right and they send an expert there to see what happened an android so they're on this so for that one you know i just i just really got an idea from just seeing an image, just I just saw like a a picture of a black hole and with some colors, and then there was like a, a space station. I was like, "Oh, wow!" And that's it. And in my head, it was already a little mini plot. So I wrote down a mini plot, and then the next thing I did was Noah. You know, write his description, how he looks, what his personality is like, just the base, the android, how she looks what are the functions and just start writing chapter one, you know, in the end, um, I know some writers also plan out chapters, so they'll write, you know, this is what the chapter is going to be about. For me, I don't do that. I just, I just get into it. So I just start writing and it just kind of flows. And once I'm, once I'm done with the whole book, um, and then along the way, I'll add characters off, oftentimes. Like, it'll just come to me. Oh, it'd be, it'd be good, a good idea to add this individual or creature here. So okay. I'll do it. <clears throat> and then once once I'm done with the with the whole book, I, um, I usually just send it over to my editor. And she, um, I'm very fortunate that I've, I have known her a really long time now. I mean, she's edited 19 of my 20 pieces. Uh-huh. The only one she didn't. Well, officially Paradise Harbor books, the the publishers had to have their editor go through it too. So I kind of had two editors in that one. <clears throat> but, but what she's able to do for me is kind of fully keep my style in my words. And the focus is more on uh, just grammar mistakes, you know, and she'll also give me a good feedback as far as um, she'll say, you know, to me personally, this part doesn't make sense, but you, it's your choice. <clears throat> she doesn't change anything. She'll give it to me and she'll just give me feedback and say, you know, um, it's kind of funny. I, I had this epic fantasy. Uh, medieval fantasy book, my longest book, ninety thousand words, and okay, that that is quite long. That she yeah. added it. Originally, I had a different ending for it that she loved. Uh, I told her about it, and she was like, "Yeah, that would be great for you know, a commercial purpose." And and then suddenly, I just decided to go with like this crazy ending. 
the thought up in my head and she was just like, no, no, this yeah. is not good. You know, I said, people are going to hate it. <laughs> and I didn't listen to the advice and I kept the crazy ending. And I think like, that's the book that people hated the most. And I mean, I, I love that book. <laughs> I just, I love that book. I always wanted to do an epic, you know, medieval fantasy, but uh, the readers just, the readers just didn't like that book very much. I know for sure. It's, it's yeah. So is he ended up like you know? So so to make a point, if you do get an editor, someone who is seeing your your book from their perspective, if your goal is to you know to make sure that you you are gonna get bigger audience, it would be wise to you know listen to the suggestions more of that professional from the outside so um like in that particular book i didn't listen and there were consequences so that's that's kind of be the process so i make up the characters and the idea i write she added sense back to me and at that point i can you know i do whatever i want with it i can send it out to different uh, publishers or I can self-publish it right away. So easy these days to just self-publish. And it is the, I actually ran into this problem recently because I, one of the Christian books, faith-based books I wrote uh, at the end of that last year, I, uh, I sent it out to publishers, to some of the top Christian publishers, but I just assumed it would be okay to self-publish also. And I would just be like, oh, you know, if, if one of them wants it, I'll just unpublish it. And three months later, one of them replied and said, hey, you know, was this one of the top publishers? And they said, we're interested in this book, you know, to publish. And then I was like, whoa, great, awesome. And then they were like, wait, you already have it out? <laughs> and I'm like... Is that a problem? They're like, yeah, we don't, we don't, we, we publish. So, but I, I told yeah. them, look, I'll just take it off completely. Just let me know when. So I don't know. I'm kind of like up in the air right now as far as that goes, because they, they said, okay, we're going to think about it and we'll decide if you can just, you know, take it out of Amazon and we'll just republish it or not. So there'll be another advice just to uh, new writers, if you do self-publish, you it's going to be harder to get it to a good publisher if you are, you know, trying to send it out. So if you are just looking for a traditional publisher, just send it out and wait and be patient. But if you just want it out and share it with the friends and uh, do the ads commercial yourself, then self-publishing is a good way as well. Well, that's a very interesting point that you have mentioned because I think I have heard from uh, the writer uh, on Stoicism, Ryan Holiday, that uh, writing your book is like running a marathon. And uh, when you reach the destination where you actually end the book, you feel like, ah, I should deserve a medal and the rest. They take you to the other start line and make you run again. Because now the <laughs> publishing parts and getting it out there, the marketing begins. So it's like a double marathon. 
but uh, but but what you have said right now is that nowadays publishing the books yourself is actually not that hard because this is a question that I guess many people, myself included, uh, that haven't had the experience of publishing books, uh, probably have in mind. How does the publishing process look? Uh, so as you said, one part of it, if you go the traditional way, you start looking for a traditional publisher. You probably send out your, your drafts. They look at the fruit. They, they asked you to do some editing. Then finally, there's some kind of a compromise. And at the end, if both sides agree, the book gets published. And then probably the writer gets some royalties and, and so on. Uh, but uh, how does the self-publishing way look? Because uh, I've heard also other authors like uh, the Navy SEAL Jocko Willink publishing his book uh, about uh, the warrior kid, I think. So so people said that it's not going to be a good book, as I remember. And he said, well, I'm going to publish it anyway. And he published it anyway. And it was, it was a great hit. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, could, could you guide us a little bit through the process of self-publishing? Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it used to be harder, and uh, um, in general, you know, just getting published yourself, even uh, like last century, it's it's you know almost impossible to get that kind of process going and and done. So if you no publisher picks you up, it was extremely hard to do it. Um, and there are still some success stories. Um, like uh, the shack, it's a uh, became a huge bestseller. They uh, there was a big podcast with lots of viewership that talked about that book, and the book became a huge bestseller. And I believe that uh, I'm forgetting the name of the book. It's about Mars, about a astronaut going to Mars. It's a really famous book. Fahrenheit um, something. No, I. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's it was written by a scientist, and he uh, they made a movie with I believe Matt Damon, based on this book. It was it was it was self published too, and there there are some big 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 success stories as far as they go. But as we discussed earlier, something has to happen, you know, uh, as well some moment or you meet somebody. But yeah, the the process is. Uh, just to get it published now, it's very, very simple. Um, I'll go with Amazon. That's where I'm doing. But there, there are others who offer. Barnes & Noble has their own self-publishing platform now. Uh, Kobo, there's there's a bunch of them where you can go and self-publish with. So uh, Amazon is the most popular. And they, they right now, Amazon does, I believe, 85% of the world's book sales. Wow, 85%. It's a, it's a little scary because it's a little like a monopoly. It is a monopoly. Well, or, or, or a lot like a monopoly. <laughs> yeah. it's That can be negative in the way that, you know, they can reduce your royalties or they can do things and you can't really do anything about it. You just have to go with it because there's less options. But the positive thing is that, yeah, I mean, 20 years ago, just to think that you could just log in, make an account, upload a manuscript, and, you know, 10 hours later, your book is published. That was unheard of, you know, 20 years ago. 
So it's it's a it's a very simple process, as I said on Amazon. You have your manuscript. You make a KDP account. So Kindle Direct Publishing, that's what it's called. Once you ha have your account on there, you just say create. First you create a Kindle version, then you go to paperback, paperback, you put in all your information, you know, author name, description of the book. They give you seven tags for the categories that the book will compete in and the rankings. You upload the manuscript cover of your choosing. They will run the book for spell check and <clears throat> you just hit publish at that point and you choose your price, you hit publish and in you know 10 to 48 hours it's out. It's really that easy but the, the downside of that for some authors who put a lot of effort in their books you know they have an editor and they it's very nice language amazing covers they just do everything so professionally the negative is this right now there's just so many <clears throat> books that have no editing terrible covers that is just everything just looks a little ridiculous in the book and there's so many of them coming out I mean we're talking dozens of thousands of thousands just coming out that um, often when someone says you know I self-published the book there's already a negative kind of like attitude towards that so, like, like with you. me I know that once I got uh, you know the traditional publishing with a good house the attitude changed of many readers too with my other books because they were like, oh, you know, well, yeah. you're just now, you're choosing to do self-publishing. You know, that was the attitude now. So the books are great, but you're just choosing because you could do, you know, traditional publishing. So th that's the negative because a lot of the self-published books are really, really good. And I've, I know some authors who both, the traditional got contracts, but then they decided to just self-publish because they kind of... They have their audience and they know how to talk to people, advertise, and they're just doing a great job with the self-published books. So it, so if you'd have an audience uh, as a writer yourself, is there any reason to actually seek for a publisher instead of publishing the book uh, by yourself? Uh, is it uh, just try and tap to a different audience that uh, the publisher can get you into? Or are there any other reasons why people seek out traditional publishing ways instead of self-publishing? Yeah, I think um, the, the main reason to go into traditional publishing is it, it can open some other doors. The, the bigger publishers, you know, the top 10 they will look for authors who have been traditionally published usually and so you're you're kind of giving yourself a bigger chance as far as that goes um right and uh, i i think when people seek traditional publishing um what they what they have in mind 
is that is also as we spoke of like un- unrealistic expectations what they have in mind is 10 like the 10 top 10 top 20 publishing houses but that's so rare especially today today some of these except you know like a dozen books per season so it's that's not it's, much that's comparison. that's the goal but that's the goal too because if you do get into the top 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 traditional publishing houses the the difference is big because then they they just invest a, a huge amount of time in your book they put it in all the barge noble stores they put your ads everywhere so if you are with these top 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 very best but usually you have to kind of build up to that point or again you know if you just get that moment when you're very fortunate to meet somebody or something like that then uh, you, you you would see some writers which struggled but then they knew someone and someone they knew suggested let's say to Netflix a book Netflix made a let's say mini series based on their book and next thing you know top publishers are asking you know for for their books than to sign a contract with them and because they know that the name is already popular thanks to like the say serious or movie so they know that they also can have benefit from you but that sounds a little bit like the law of serendipity or like the stoic idea of the dichotomy of control that you only have a small layer of control in what you do so you can as you said you should try to do the best work that you can, put your heart into it, put your soul, your time, your effort to writing something as well as you possibly can manage. But uh, once the book is out there, well, it seems like it's no longer for you to decide. You can, you can uh, try to get it out to your audience. You can try to market and advertise it. You might try to ask someone else's help to do that for you. But uh, it just seems so unpredictable how things are going to turn out. And as you have mentioned, with so many books coming out every year, sometimes it's very hard to catch the attention of a reader. Like uh, from going from the macro to the micro, it seems like it's the same on medium. Because uh, there are so many articles also in your feed <laughs> that you can read. But you don't just start from the first one and read everything <laughs> to the positive, like that would take forever. So, so, so personally for yourself, what kind of articles uh, do you read? Uh, how do you decide to read this article and not that one? Well, what is the changing factor for you there? So yeah, be, I, uh, so the first ones I, I will read and I, I mentioned it before is like my biggest readers. I, I will support them and, you know, check out their work too. But as far as just looking through the feed and seeing things, it's the title for sure. And that's why you see so many posts about the title, you know? Yeah. If, if the title is something I'm already like, well, <laughs> that's not my thing. You know, I'm not, it could be a great article about something I would like, but if the title is just a big, big, you know, I know then I'm just not going to be reading it. So I think being uh, 
more clear I, with the title. I also avoid clickbait. So I know some people like those, you know, where uh, the clickbait, they, they will click it. That's why it's, yeah. you know, called though. But <laughs> I just try to avoid that. It just doesn't look good to me right away. Like, you know, I, I, I see like, okay, that's a clickbait title. And that could be a mistake because some of those can be good, I'm sure. So, but I, I will just go for, you know, I see a title. It clearly states what it's about. And I will check it out and I'll start reading and I'll see what the writing is like. And if I like the writing, I will, you know, finish it, read through, and I'll highlight for the person what I thought the best line was or paragraph or sometimes comment. So when you start reading an article, what makes you stay and what makes you leave? Uh, is it something concrete? Or uh, is it some, just the feel of it? When it doesn't feel right, you just go to the next one. Um, or maybe there are some actual determining factors that keep you reading. Yeah, the, so the writing style is a big one for me, how it flows. And uh, creating a connection. Like if, if an article on a personal level if the writer is connecting to me on a personal level, like I'm reading and I say, okay, yeah, I felt that. Got it. I'm going to keep going. But if it's totally disconnected, that doesn't mean it's not good because the, there's always going to be a reader that will feel connected. I might just be totally disconnected. And uh, I might still read it just because the writing style is really good. But I think developing that... Uh, connection or with the reader so they they say okay I've, I've had this in my life for example if you you know uh from my own posts with the ones that are most read or commented they usually are articles about you know how you deal with fear i mean that's everybody you know so unless they really hate my writing when they start reading, they're interested because they have some kind of fear. So they, you know, they're interested to to see what I have to say about that and how to overcome it, or you know, anxiety, or being angry, or being mad, you know. But if I if I if I write an article about Formula One, that's my that's my least read one, you know, because it's <laughs> if you're not a fan. You don't care, so you don't have any any connection to it. So these articles that have it's just tiny amount of reads and views, just you know, they're just not. So if you have one like, don't make decisions when you're angry, versus here's this Formula One race. You know, the angry ones gonna have a lot of readers. That one, that almost nobody. So. <laughs> Both are fun to write for me, but well, of course, being on Medium, if you write an article like, um, how did I get this many subscribers for email? That's going to have a ton of readers because everybody's on Medium there and they want to get more email subscribers. So that's that kind of personal connection. Like, you know, if, if it's relatable to you, you will want to keep reading it 
But if you just disconnect it and it's not something, you know, interesting for you, then you just got to stop. So being a writer yourself, probably you have mentioned as well, you have had an influence on other writers. So you helped them uh, start their blogs. You have helped them even publish their or write their first books. But who were the people that inspired and had the most influence on you as a person and also as a writer? Okay, so um, I'll have two answers for this one. So uh, my mom, dad, my sister, that's three people, you know, from the childhood, the base. Um, and both, both my parents were journalists. So we had a house apartment packed with books we they literally had the walls and a whole like hallway was just books so even as a kid just looking up it was just all books all books 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 thousands it's uh and i was just reading so many books i'm i must have had read a thousand books before we moved to us so in the span of like six years i was just reading like and before that my mother was reading for me when i couldn't read just Every day she was reading books for me. So that's just a huge base for, you know, for you, kind of like ingrained in your psyche very deeply. So that's that's just such a big influence. But uh, the second answer, as far as... Um, just the writing, right? The writing, writers and styles and... Uh, I do have few writers that I really, really felt like they've uh, inspired some of my work. Um, I would say my earlier writings and work is Hemingway. <laughs> and I've, I've moved away from that style because I, I used to be really heavy on the kind of um, darker, more depressed notes. And I, I, the style too. I really enjoyed his style of writing. Um, but, Short, and precise, um, and concise. Yeah, yeah. But later, I I moved more. And as I started enjoying horror more too, writing. I think Lovecraft. Okay. If you've heard of him, he yeah, his style. I don't write his style. His style is so unique, and he, uh, I wouldn't even want to try to copy someone. I want to have my own style, but. Is I, I really liked the way he created the atmosphere, the horror atmosphere and suspense, and sometimes kind of like not chewing it up for the reader. I really enjoyed that. It's the the constant suspense, and sometimes you don't even get to see the thing that someone was so fearful of, but it's just keeping you in the suspense. And uh, Edgar Allan Poe, I don't know, um, yeah, the poets. It's just so good. His uh, his writing is so good, um, really enjoyable. And uh, influences in the most recent years is uh, my wife and son. I mean, I I'm very inspired. You know, um, I'm inspired to write for my son too, because I and a lot of my writings also have changed. Because I keep in mind, um, it's actually funny when my wife was pregnant. I was writing this horror book <laughs> and he was almost done. He was almost done and I thought it was amazing. 
but she was pregnant and I was like, would I want my child to read that I wrote this? <laughs> and that's it. I deleted it. Oh, oh wow. Year writing. And I was like, nope, um, I don't want I... to ever read it. So that's that's an influence too. So that, that's, um, I guess, even a triple answer, I guess. So it's, so I have, I have the family that's influenced me, but also uh, those, those writers, I would say the biggest influence. Have you written any of the uh, more popular Christian writers like C.S. Lewis or G.K. Chesterton? Uh, if you read any of their books, uh, have they had any of influence in your train of thoughts in terms like as a person as and as a writer? Huge, huge. Yeah, I've, I've, I read a, a ton of Christian literature. That's in the recent years. That's the most of what I read. But I've I've stayed away from writing a Christian book until. Cheer uh, was I, I wrote I've written two Christian books. The first one I wrote was called Whispers of God, and before that I kind of stayed away from that because. I just didn't feel confident enough yet to, I felt like I needed to, like you said, to read more works and to understand the gospels better and to, I almost didn't want to be, you know, disrespectful to God. <laughs> it sounds kind of funny, but you know, I wanted to do it justice, just as far as understanding gospels enough, understanding theology. So. So when I, fi I finally felt confident doing that, I, I enjoyed writing that book, and especially the most recent one. It's called Mr. Geist. Um, that's the one that the Christian big, bigger Christian publisher that I was telling you. I think they were interested, but then you know they found out I self-published it. So we'll see what happens with that. But I've, I've, I've really enjoyed writing those two. Um, and I've I've read I've read you know uh, orthodox. Uh, writers, uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, Campus, um, monks, just uh, some works by the so-called kind of like church fathers a long, long time ago. Just mix it up, you know, see different types of Christian writings. It's very, very interesting. Um, from more recent Christian writings is, uh, I think, Paul Washer, Francis Chan. These are the two I would suggest to people to look for. That's just my suggestion. Or Paul Washer King, Kristen Chan. Uh, Francis Chan. Francis Chan. Okay. Uh -huh. I'll keep those two in mind as well. I haven't heard about these two authors, so it uh -huh. would be very nice and interesting investigating them myself. So, so gotcha. Um, that, that's also a very interesting detour in your writing because adding to the cyberpunk, the romance, the horror, and the humor that is also on the way, there's also this uh, Christian writing, which is, yeah, it's another segment altogether. And it requires uh, your own personal experience. It requires a lot of reading. So I'm pretty sure. And it's 
probably you'd have a different sense of responsibility while writing this kind of book. Because when you write, uh, let's say, a story that just popped in your mind when you saw, let's say, a poster, and you're thinking like, wow, this might be a very interesting story. Let's see where it ends up. That's like one yeah. approach toward it. But uh, uh, when you're writing about themes that uh, have been in the your tradition, well, let's say, over 2,000 years or more, that's uh, another weight that you carry together with yourself in the process. So, so, so does it feel difficult to actually end the book in this genre? Because in the other books, it seems like that's the end of the story. And I'm satisfied with this. Uh, does it take longer to be satisfied when you're writing on a theme of Christianity? Yes. Uh, I didn't feel like it too much. I, I felt very, uh, I would say, inspired when I wrote these two books um, with a kind of very, a more clear vision maybe than for the other ones. Just, you know, trying to pray and, you know, just write honestly with, you know, trying to stay true to what I believe and to what I believe is right and um, the, the last book I wrote the Christian book um, I had a few kind of versions for the end so but but it was it wasn't too tough I I chose one and kind of went with it but uh, I think it conveyed uh, the message you know I was trying to focus on the particular like Christian message about for forgiveness and overcoming difficulties um, and experiencing loss. So that's kind of like the my last Christian book, The Themes. Uh, was this book written uh, before the recent events that started happening in your home country? Or was no, it... No, no. Uh, this one was after, yeah. This, this was... Uh, Last last December, yeah. Last, last December. December. Yeah, yeah. Since after, yeah. So but, uh, I mean it's not it's not very connected to that. Um I would say I mean I I've had blog posts about it. So, you know, about the situation and the feelings about it and I've written poetry about it. But uh <clears throat> I haven't really have any ideas yeah as far as like for a book you know something like that uh, maybe in the future could be could be something more of a realistic kind of thing you know just to but again then I would just have to really really you know get into it and study about everything that's happening in detail I think to give it justice that's also really hard, I think, when you are writing about um, real events. It can, it, it, it can be very easy to go off track, you know, and then you don't do justice to 
the people either people who got hurt or you just don't do kind of like a truthful reporting sort of say you know so i think that's also very difficult so you really have to i think be very very focused and serious to to do it right so maybe in the future that could be a good good you know challenge and to um and if i wrote something like that my goal would be you know not just you know explore another genre but to help someone understand you know the situation or just just to have a positive impact so that that would be the main goal do you do you still have any relatives or friends living in ukraine at the moment yeah yeah uh friends uh cousins um my grandma actually passed away when the war started and uh we do think you know the stress just was so much she she was older and she had some health issues but just the stress i think also influenced big time because it's just such a you can imagine the level of stress that people that are there you know even people who are here ukrainian you know they experience very high level of stress what people were experiencing like a war environment it's very hard to um i think to imagine for someone unless they've you know experienced something similar like traumatic events then they can really relate but i think it's very difficult for people who never experienced something of high traumatic level to relate no no i i could not really relate to that in a personal level in any kind of way the only thing that we have is collective history because uh uh you know possibly of countries have been in a similar situation in the past in the last century so so that's uh it has been parts of the culture since since whenever my memory came to be so <laughs> so 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 yeah we 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 understand the this the pain and suffering not personally but collectively so so yeah for sure yeah <laughs> so so that is true well anyways uh alexander do you have anything in mind for the future is there anything is spurring in your mind in your imagination something uh trying to break free in the upcoming year <laughs> uh it's so funny because um since my second book i've been telling my wife this is probably my last book <laughs> and it's every book <laughs> she was like when I wrote this latest book out, she was like, I thought this previous one was your last book. <laughs> so that's it. I can't say that anymore. I don't think it's just, it's, it just comes, you know, cause so I think every time genuinely, I think, I think like, okay, that's probably it. So this last book, 20 books, I'm so satisfied. I'm thinking, okay, that's probably it. But tomorrow I might get an idea and start writing, you know, it's just, that's what happened with this last book. You know, I wrote Mr. Geist and I was like, what a great way to finish a writing career with such a nice Christian book and a message of, you know, forgiveness, and, you know, overcoming difficulties. Um, it's such a, just such a good way to end, you know, 
the 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 writing career as far as not blog, and that's will be a transition, right? I'll be like, I'll end there, and then you know, four weeks passed, and I just had the big urge with this you know sci-fi book I just finished and published, and so yeah, I can't I can't say anymore. Yeah, so uh, if yeah, I I. I kind of have a little urge to write a second part of the most recent book, but I just I just want to wait a little bit and see. Maybe, so possibly a continuation of that one, but um, I'm not certain. There 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 have been. I used to have a list of you know ideas of books to write about in the future themes. So, but yeah, it's just still no. Because like, if I if I write when I don't feel inspired, it just becomes a process okay. of like tough labor, rather than you know this flow that I'm enjoying. It happened only with one book. That's the longest one I told you about the the medieval fantasy epic. Yeah, and it was just I was so determined to write in that genre the way I wanted it to sound. And it was just such a work of labor because it was just, wasn't coming from inspiration. It was just like every day I wrote a little bit and I had to just, it just felt tough, you know, and I felt so satisfied when I finished. And it's my reader's least favorite book. So, so that's just, that's just a lot of contrast. Yeah, it's just such a big contrast with, you know, the books that are like Paradise Harbor, you know, it's just, I was so inspired. I wrote the whole novel in three weeks. It was, wow, you know, fifty thousand words in three weeks, and I was just so into the character in the nineteen twenties. I was listening to nineteen twenties music nonstop during those three weeks. I was eating like the main character, drinking black tea late at night like the main character. I was just really into it, and it was just flowing. It ended up being my best book. So that's yeah. So it just connects to the whole thing. Like I, ha I think I have to be inspired to write another one, and I'm just not gonna force. You know, if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So yeah. <laughs> for now, just the blog is for sure. You know, I'm writing that, and I'll be doing that for sure. And for the people that would like to connect with you, uh, where can they find you? Well, so um, obviously Medium, that's one place. Um, and uh, Amazon profile, that's another one. You can follow me. Um, my Facebook page, my author page, it just says author Alexander Semenuk. Um, that's, they can message me there too, then any questions. I think that would be, that, that would be the top three. I've, I've tried to limit kind of like my media as much as I can. It's yeah. just taking up a lot of my time. So I'm just on medium a lot, but as far as other social media, I'm just spending very, very small amount on there. So, but I will always respond to messages and comments. Gotcha. Well, I will link everything in the description below for the people who would like to maybe reach out and contact you. And it was a pleasure, man. It was, it was very, very interesting yeah. to listen to you and your story about your stories and your life. It, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was great. I love this conversation. It was a really great time.
Uh, yeah. after, maybe after a couple of books that will come out in the future, we could have a second round. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or if some huge happens, right? I'll yeah. just come back, come back right on. <laughs> yeah, there are still so many questions that I would like to ask, but respecting your time and the time of the audience, let's keep it for part two. Sure, sure. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks, Alexander. Until next time.